This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. That's pretty good. 116 to 93, the Raptors win. So three games in a row and beating what normally is a very good team. As currently constructed, the Mavericks are on the wrong side of COVID protocol currently. Four of their top six, maybe top seven, depending on how you feel about Tim Hardaway Jr. Four of their top six not available in this one. Maxi Kleba, Dwight Powell, Josh Richardson and Dorian Finney-Smith. That's a big deal, but you play who's in front of you. The Raptors did. They tailor-made the scheme to do so, really just overloading on Luka Doncic like they did last year, and Luka Doncic picked them apart. Only Luka made a lot of the right passes in this game, and the support of the teammates, quite simply, was not there. Bad shooting went open. Bad dribble drives when pressured to go downhill. The passing, not super great. The Raptors feasted on that. And I think that's what, you know, you get this game. They score 93. The Raptors finish at 116. This was one of the better games as far as diversity of offense. And a huge nod to Kyle Lowry for really generating a lot of the at-rim offense the Raptors were looking for. To be 34, very nearly 35. I believe, and pushing as a point guard offense at the rim against guys like Willie Cauley-Stein or Chris Depps-Porzingis is uber impressive. The way he reads the floor, awesome. And he passes his teammates into layups, into open shots at the rim, and that is super underrated. It's why Pascal Siakam, if he keeps progressing as a passer, as we've seen, could end up being a more impactful playmaker than Fred just because he's able to create looks at the rim for his teammates. In this game, that wasn't really the case. I mean, there was one dump off to Boucher that he had. But in this game, Kyle, really masterful, driving the Raptors' offense, huge part of their defense. Rotations were good, liked his effort. And uh, the Raptors, they fell in line with what Kyle was doing. I liked it a lot. From the jump, you've got OG Ananobi on Luka Doncic, Everybody pinching in on basically every drive. Fred, Kyle, if they're at the corners, Siakam. And Baines, honestly, I thought had a nice start to the game. I 
had no problems with uh, what he was doing out there. Speaking of, I mean, one of the first possessions of the game where there was a shot clock violation, I believe, you had Baines showing, hedging, out way above the uh, the break and then getting back in time to contest a shot at the rim that Willie Cauley-Stein had. That's a good indicator of how he's moving around the court. He didn't get a ton of minutes in this one, still played 11, didn't really have any stats to speak of, was a zero as far as the plus minus, had three fouls. But I think defensively, I liked how he moved within the unit. So if you're looking for Bain's info, that's how I felt about his game. And he started the second half as well as the first. It was, uh, you know, it's not remarkable by any means. Had a charge taken away from him and turned into a foul. But that was good enough defensively that you couldn't complain. And you might say, it looked good. Now, offensively, still struggling. But yes, OG Ananobi, Stanley Johnson, I think a great job of defending Luka Doncic in this one. They split the assignment when OG was off the floor. They uh, they went with Stanley. When they were both on the floor, there was a little bit of overlap, I believe. You're looking at you know a team that can switch any action above the break if OG and Stanley are involved in it. And they love to do that. And Louis Zatzman, who wrote just a phenomenal piece about the Raptors defense that came out this morning. I recommend you go read it. There's so much. There's a ton of good stuff in there, but he had quotes from Nick Nurse where Nick Nurse was saying that switching is easier because you have to rely on less at the back end. There's not as much catching up to do as far as closeouts and rotations in recovery. If you listen to the podcast, which you do right now, you've heard me say all this before. So uh, consider me in the same class as Nick Nurse. But Again, before we get out of here, read Lewis's piece because it's quite good. Raptors, the defensive pressure they had in this one. I liked it a lot. There were a couple backdoor lobs to Porzingis early on when Doncic would get downhill, but they kind of sussed that out as the game went on. They really got a feel for how the Mavericks were operating. They are systematic. There is, you know, this flair and genius to Doncic, but they do like that high screen and roll. They like him to get downhill. And he does like to spray to either the close corner or the far one, or he's going to lob it. The Raptors, playing great defense, did seem to get a sense of, we're going to take the far corner right now, and we're going to make them go close corner, and we're going to recover. We're going to try to get them to reset. That was great. I mean, that worked. I liked what they did. So, man. A great job. Super good job on Luca. I think he had, what, 15 points, seven rebounds, nine assists. Not really his fault in this one, but the Raptors, they did their job for sure. Jalen Brunson, James Johnson, Trey Burke, guys who, who punched in a little bit from downtown for the Mavericks, but overall, not a big contribution. And, you know, rightfully so. The Raptors had them under wraps offensively, day and night, night and day between the first half and the second half for Pascal. He was one of nine or one for 10, I think, in the first half, really struggling, even when he had what looked like an advantageous position offensively, wasn't taking it straight to the cup, was passing out of situations where you'd like to see him go up or take one dribble and take it hard to the rim, stuff like that. Wasn't happening in the first half, settled for mid-range jumpers, settled for fadeaways, and in the second half, really turned the game on its head for himself and was way more aggressive trying to get to the cup. When he got a mismatch, he attacked it ferociously. He was really hunting 
Tim Hardaway Jr. And if you are a fan of these games, if you watch with, you know, even a decent bit of eye test, you know that Pascal Siakam greatly affects how defenses play the Raptors, even when he's not sharp as far as shot making. Teams close in. They they encroach upon his space. It's They're very, very conscientious of when Pascal has the ball. Rarely is he ever truly on an island. And in the second half especially, you saw him take that pressure. And now that he had been scoring a little bit, it was coming harder. Or if it didn't come, he was going straight to the rim. Taking that pressure when it does come, passing it out. And the five assists, that's a good number for Pascal Siakam. He's top 10 in assist rate for his position. Well, for a big in the NBA, that's phenomenal. Five assists, nice to see. But the playmaking was actually better than that because so often it was he made the correct pass out. It went to a Kyle Lowry or Fred Van Vliet. They made the swing to like a Norman Powell. The Raptors scored from there. I like Pascal's second half a lot. Very, very encouraging. And uh, yeah, because he was attacking a guard in Tim Hardaway Jr. He was attacking big in Willie Cauley-Stein. Really nice to see, especially with a guy who is as intimidating as Porzingis lurking for a lot of those. So credit to him. Norman Powell, I think, deserves some love. He was awesome. I mean, really, really awesome. It wasn't just a guy relying on a three-point shot like we saw against the Hornets, you know, last game, Saturday, I think it was. Yeah, Saturday. He he just hit basically threes, six threes, career high. This one only hit one three, was exceptional attacking space, attacking closeouts, and they'd run a pin down for him. He'd turn the corner. He'd get to the bucket. He was aggressive. He had a nice little chop dribble before he took the ball to the opposite side of the bucket and finished over top of Porzingis. And just getting a, a version of Powell that can attack space like that really changes how the Raptors bench offense looks. So with Powell, Pascal, and Kyle all driving really hard to the rim in this one. They scored well in the paint and a credit to the team for recognizing, hey, we're going to take it there. We're going to play good defense and we're going to score consistently in this game. Not hung up on the variance of the three-point shot, taking what the defense is giving them, taking advantage of it. Super nice to see. And I mean, Boucher, ho-hum, another 20-10 and 10 game on ridiculous efficiency. What more could you want from this guy? He's basically doing it all. Like, he's not an insane playmaker or anything like that, but as far as providing a vertical threat in the pick and roll, being responsible with the ball in his hands in dribble handoff scenarios, little pitch plays, all that kind of stuff, putting pressure on the offensive glass, hitting his open three-point shots, you know, two for five, 40% is actually the low end of how he's been shooting the ball lately. And defensively, Covering a lot of ground every day, getting a little bit more familiar with how the Raptors want to play on that end, getting a little bit smarter, getting uh, more in tune with his uh, teammates as far as coverages go. That's awesome to see. Big shout out to Chris Boucher because 20 and 10 off the bench is not something anybody should get used to. And yet he's providing that game in and game out. That is immense. OG, by the way. OG, oh my, what a what a performance in this one. I love OG when he has a little bit of pop in his dribble. You can see he's willing to take big men off the dribble. And this game, 
it didn't there, it didn't come to fruition in the sense that he was finishing at the bucket a bunch, but that he was creating a little bit more. And you won't see it reflected in assist numbers, but just getting the defense turning, popping it out to a shooter, side top side action ensues. Very well done, OG. And the job he did on Luka Doncic cannot really be understated. I thought he was shading him to all the right places on the court. Luka was crowded when he was in the middle. OG wasn't overselling, so he was always there for a contest because Luka, if he is in single coverage, he's going to outfox a guy. But OG knows where his help is. He knows where to feed Luka into. And I thought just did a bang on job as far as defensively and was aggressive. Anytime he wasn't on Luka, you could just see the one play, Tim Hardaway Jr. just had the ball in his hands and snap. You just see OG get that arm in there and clears it right out. Steel headed the other way in transition, which was another great aspect of this game. The Raptors pushed the ball quite well. And there is a lot of collinearity or correlation between when Norm is getting a lot of shots at the rim and transition. So those are things to look for if you're watching games in the future and you want to just pick these up, uh, these things up on your own. That's typically something that uh, overlaps. But man, OG shot the ball, defended well, really, really helped on the glass in this one. He was, I think, 11 boards, which I believe was a, a team high. So good for him. I, I could never complain about that type of performance from OG. You're always going to want him used as a screener a little bit more. I mean, I dream of a day where OG is used as a screener and he's slipping and then finishing hard at the rim with two hands, you know, once or twice a game. Is that too much to ask? I don't know. But certainly his body type can handle that type of uh, rim runs. And uh, hopefully just the steps come and the pacing comes and all that. But this game, for who he is right now, got to love it. Very happy with it. Fred didn't have a great shooting game. And that's okay. He's been in a funk lately. It's not a super big deal. The Raptors are still, they've won three games in a row. He was two of 10. The three-point shooting, I mean, I think he should keep shooting it. I have no problem with Fred shooting a lot of triples. He is a fantastic shooter. The shots at the rim, be a little bit more discerning because sometimes he's just throwing garbage up there. But the playmaking this one, very happy with it. Led his teammates into a couple layups. That's not a new thing, but it's just not happening at a high frequency. A little bit higher in this game. So that was nice to see as well. And the defense. Digs all night long. Four steals. He's always super affecting on that end. You know, Louis Satsman will tell you all NBA level. A lot of other people will tell you borderline. That's not a bad place to be as far as the public conception of where you are defensively. It's impressive. So... Kudos to him. Uh, Terrence Davis had three quick buckets in the second quarter that were helpful when the the Mavericks were, you know, counter-punching in this one. But the the whole team, I, I think, for the most part, good performances. Stanley Johnson had the worst plus minus, but I don't think that's indicative of anything. And uh, basically, Stanley Johnson was a minus three. Aaron Baines was a, a zero. And uh, everybody else was in the positive. It wasn't a wire-to-wire win, but it was close to it. The Raptors led for most of the minutes in this game. I thought they took the punches that the Mavericks threw really well. I think there was a 15-4 run in the second quarter where the Mavericks got a lot closer. At halftime, it's a tie game. They end up winning by, what, 24? That's pretty good. And 
but I, I understand. Don't worry. The Mavericks were missing a lot of players in this one that would have helped beat the Raptors' defensive scheme. But you play the team that's in front of you, especially this year where games are being postponed and all that other stuff. I mean, you just got to play the team that comes to your arena or the team that is waiting at the arena for you to come. There's no other way to do it. Raptors pick up their third win. Really, really great performances from quite a few players. A lot of reason to be optimistic because, you know, it's still Luka Doncic, still Chris Dapps Porzingis. Nobody is too good for a win. And and you shouldn't be. But the Reggie Evans Award, I just, I got to give to Kyle Lowry. Willingness to go battle on the boards, sub six feet, nine boards in this one, pushing the pace, going and just smashing into people when he's airborne at the rim. There is so much hustle to his game. He just lives and breathes hustle. And not only that, but just big brain reads of everything in this game. It's, and you know, typically that's, that's how he works, right? Is he's just got these immaculate interpretation of anything that's happening on the floor. So loved his game. Loved what I saw from him tonight. Okay. Top quick reaction comment from Niagara underscore dude. Quote. So much better looking when we're not just jacking threes after three games of around 49 threes a game. Tonight, we shot 12 of 33 from three and 32 of 55 inside the three-point line, including our best game attacking the paint. Good things happen when you attack inside and it showed tonight. Team produces much better at both ends when Nurse separates our point guards. We were able to have either Norm or TD attacking the paint with drives to the rim. Both those two provide normal size shooting guards who can attack the rim. Everything changed after we started attacking the paint, including Pascal's game. Best game of the season, and hope Nurse continues playing Lowry and Fred less together for the good of the team. End quote. I'm not sure that's completely accurate, that they have to be separated. They are typically separated. Uh, Nick Nurse, this season, unless Pascal Siakam has been running into, you know, a, a ton of trouble, has been playing Fred and Pascal as a tandem, and Kyle and OG as a tandem. They play separately a lot and in games where they shoot a lot of threes. You could see it last game, even uh, the game before. They shoot a lot of threes regardless. Fred is a point guard who creates to the three-point line more so than almost any other player in the league. You can go look at who creates the most three-point shots. Fred is going to be in the top 20 basically year over year to the end of this contract, I think. As far as separating them, you know, Norm was good this game and they were playing in transition. That's why they got to the bucket. And Willie Cauley-Stein had a bad game defending the rim and Kyle Lowry was really, really aggressive attacking himself. I don't think that's dependent on separating Fred and Kyle. I mean, Kyle wins his minutes basically wherever he goes, whoever he plays with. It's a common running joke. But I, the point you make about Norm playing well, totally. I just don't think that's, and Pascal as well, but I don't think those things are dependent on having, you know, Fred and Kyle play a part. They play a part a ton. You can see that rotation that's made every single game. And uh, yeah, it, in this game, it was more so how they played together and apart. It, it, I don't care about, you know, how many how many minutes they're playing together. That's That's something that needs to happen every game. So yeah, but good performance from, from Kyle, underwhelming from Fred. But, you know, it's a long season. A couple games ago, Fred had a stretch where he's averaging like 
24 and 9 on insane shooting splits. And it's it's up and down, especially in a year like this. So regardless, the Raptors win this one and quite handily. You're bang on about the Raptors needing to add the diversity of the paint attacking and rim pressure to their offense. You know, I've I've written about this. I've talked about this in every podcast. Basically any game that the Raptors have played this year, I think has warranted a comment from somebody to say, hey, why don't they go to the rim a little bit more often? They're way too reliant on the three-point shots. So fully agreed there. Niagara dude, thanks for commenting. Listener, that's it for me. That's it for you. Let's get out of here. But whether you got in here in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.